The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. We are all the time putting things into boxes. We categorize things. It's how we make sense of the world. It's something that we do intuitively, and it's often really very difficult to describe how it happens. And so it's among the big technological breakthroughs of our day that we can now train computers to identify things with really great precision. So you can point a camera at a scene, and in real time, a computer will tell you what kind of things are in the scene. A book, a rocking chair, a German shepherd, really very specific identification of things that are in the image. It's really impressive what the computers can do, what we do all the time intuitively. Now, when we're making sense of the world, we naturally like to use the boxes that we already have on hand. We rely on what is familiar to make sense of what is unfamiliar. There's a really interesting experiment that shows both our power to put things in boxes and how it can all go wrong. In this experiment, subjects were shown quickly a playing card from an ordinary deck of cards and asked to identify it. It's straightforward and really very simple. You just need a glimpse of a card to tell what it is. So an ace of hearts, a jack of diamonds, a ten of clubs. But then, among the ordinary cards, there would occasionally be a card that had its color switched. So, king of hearts, except instead of being a red card, it's a black card. Now that card breaks the paradigm. It doesn't fit into any of the boxes, and yet, inevitably, the subjects who were shown that card would try to force it into a box. The king of spades, they would say, because it does look a bit like the king of spades. They were so influenced by what is familiar, what is expected, that they couldn't reckon at all with what was unfamiliar and unexpected. What they needed was a new box altogether. But new boxes make the world 
more complex. And so we resist them subconsciously and at times consciously until we absolutely have to admit that what we're seeing doesn't make sense. In today's gospel lesson, some say that Jesus is John the Baptist, while others say that he's Elijah, and others still say that he's Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And in doing so, these folks are putting Jesus into the boxes that they already have at hand. And indeed, they express something true about Jesus. It's true that Jesus embodies a prophetic character. Like John the Baptist, Jesus began his ministry proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And like Elijah, Jesus renews hope for the people of Israel who suffer under the oppression of a godless king. And like Jeremiah, Jesus weeps for Jerusalem. And like all the prophets, Jesus is without honor in his hometown and in his own household. And he's persecuted and finally murdered by the leaders of Israel. But to say that Jesus is a prophet is like calling a black king of hearts the king of spades. When it comes to Jesus, you really need a new box. It's a problem that the world still faces today. Keep your ears open and you'll hear that what people have to say about Jesus usually involves lumping him in with the familiar. So what do you do with a nice fellow who encouraged people to love and shared lots of wisdom and helped the underdog and was willing to sacrifice his life for his cause? Well, you put him in a box with guys like Socrates or Buddha or Confucius and you think of him as representing the good that's in humanity, a glimpse of a life that transcends and a hope that we can all one day finally just get along. Now, we Christians are often guilty of the same thing. It's far easier for us to live with a Jesus whom we can put in a box. And so we're tempted to think of Jesus as another one of the many professionals that we have in our lives, like your doctor or your financial advisor, or your coach, or your teacher. It's easy to put Jesus in the box of those expert practitioners, thinking that he's the kind of fellow we turn to when we need advice or help in some facet of our lives. But Jesus will not have any of that. In the Gospel lesson, in the Gospel of Matthew, and still today, Jesus forces us to think in new categories. Why? It's because he's doing something completely new. It is, after all, only a new thing that can save us. So Peter, you heard him in our gospel lesson, he says the right words. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are something new altogether, not just a prophet, not just a wise teacher, not just an advisor. But Peter, as you know, will struggle. Actually, in our gospel lesson for next week, you'll see him struggle. He'll struggle with just what these words mean. And this is where you and I find ourselves today. This confession, this gospel, is the very substance, the center of our lives. And so we cannot demote Jesus 
to something familiar. We cannot put him in a box of our own choosing. We have been given, like Peter, a brilliant and glorious confession. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and even more, the one who died and was raised from the dead by his Father. We have these words, this gospel, which tells us that Jesus is unlike anything we've ever seen before, unfamiliar, a new thing. And at the heart of this new thing is God's mercy, the category-defying, box-destroying, life-saving gift of God in Jesus. God's mercy, which is willing to sacrifice everything, absolutely everything, to win your heart. God's mercy, which is willing to let you participate in his divine life. God's mercy, which has built for you a church, not a building or an institution, but a promise to fill you with God's gifts whenever and wherever you need them, something against which the gates of hell will never, ever prevail. That kind of a God who shows that kind of mercy, that kind of a Jesus, is completely unheard of. He doesn't fit into any of our boxes. Now, Peter, as you know, again, struggles with this confession, not just next week, but even further on the way to the cross, and perhaps more surprising, even after Jesus is risen and ascended and Peter is a teacher in the church that Jesus has built. But in the end, it's actually not surprising because this confession, this gospel that Peter has, it changes everything. And that takes some getting used to. And so it goes for you as well. Blessed are you, for flesh and blood has not revealed Jesus to you, but your Father who is in heaven. And so now you have the rest of your life ahead of you to struggle with that and to get used to it. And that's why this place exists. That's why we're here. That's what St. John is for. And that's actually the great promise that Jesus has in store for you. That you have a life ahead of you full of God's mercy. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.